This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetters and not Scott Eklund as he is back home in Seattle. Chris and I are both down here in Tempe where Washington was defeated by Arizona State 45-38 to in front of an announced crowd of 39,244. Game time, 3 hours, 39 minutes. Temperature at kickoff was 84 degrees. Kind of a pleasant day down on the field. At times it got hot. We got spit on with the rain a little bit. Um tough day down in the desert you know i always say funny things happen at cal just bad things happen down in the desert well if you think funny things happen at cal just flat out bizarre things happen here i mean you ended up with both quarterbacks getting taken out only you know now Penix only missed one play emory jones missed the whole second half and and a lot of the second quarter so you know arizona state had to go with a guy who was a walk-on who earned a scholarship and he pretty much torched Washington's defense, and he he played. He did not play like a backup, so that was interesting. But again, eight straight loss in the desert. There have been a lot better teams that have lost in the desert. Um, I think Washington is starting to find their uh, their middle ground. I think you know they after going out to a four and zero start. I think people were pleasantly surprised, but I think they should have also realized that there was a long way to go in this thing and a lot of process to go for DeBoer and his staff to try to really make sure that this culture is stable and, and, and really has a firm footing. And we're starting to see that there are lots of holes that still need to be filled. We, I had a chance to talk to Kalen after uh, the game, and you say there's a lot of holes. They're dinged up. They're not yeah. only dinged up. They're decimated on the defensive side of the ball. I was talking to Cam Cleland, and he asked us if we're seeing a Nick Holt, you know, performance on defense. And I said, well, Nick didn't have freshmen out there playing like you did tonight. And Kalen pretty much said, there's guys out there who shouldn't be playing. There's guys out there playing more than they should be playing. When you take a look out there and you saw Javon Parker. Javon Parker played way too much today. Well, he didn't have a choice. I know, but that's what I'm saying. He played way too much. It goes to your point. Tristan Dunn. Yeah. He didn't play a ton, but he played he played a lot more than we've seen this year. Mikel Esteen. Yeah. Javion Banks. Elijah if, Jackson got a start. Yeah. And these guys aren't ready to go. And if the guys in front of them were healthy, these are guys that wouldn't be seeing the field. They're they're beat up, they're hurt, they're injured. 
and there's not a lot you can do. When you don't have the guys, you just don't have the guys. When you're having to put those kind of guys out there in freshmen, you know, and, you know, Devon Banks had a nice play with the pick, you know, but he's still a freshman. Well, Javion, he got torched on their next series. Yeah, J so. I, yeah, he's still young. Javion Banks, he's a pure freshman. He's out there. Tristan Devon, Dunn. Devon Banks. No, uh, Devon Banks. I don't. I don't know. Did we see Javion Green? I don't even know if he played today. I'm pretty I don't sure he did. Seeing him. Yeah, I mean, I, I there was a guy on defense number 27. Sean, Sean Toomey Stout was the walk-on he, safety. He didn't even have a name bag. He didn't even have his name on his back. Yeah. And that's how decimated the defense is. And you know, people are going to say that's an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. It's context. That's what's going on out there. And those who want to just say that, you know, it's. It's BS, and that's just an excuse. Go away, okay? Because people want to understand what happened, and that's what we're trying to do. And I and keep. Well, there's a lot more to it than just that, Kim. Yeah. Because when you look at the players that are so, like for instance, the reason Javon Parker played as much as he did is because Tuli, Latuli Asanoa had to be on a snap count because he didn't come in till almost halftime. Yeah. And he played more in the second half, but we just didn't see a lot of him. The problem is is that when you do have the guys that have been regulars, whether it's a Cam Bright, an Alex Cook, Asa Turner, some of these other guys that are starters and considered veterans, when those guys aren't pulling their weight, that really puts the stress on the young guys to step up and to have to perform. And there were, there were, there were failures on all levels, and it was done by both the veterans and the young guys. There's, you can't single out the young guys and just say, well, they're green. You, they, you, what do you expect? No, that's not the whole story. Well, if you want context, there's your context. Well, the other context is those guys that you, know, you say are the experienced guys. Those are guys that if they had more healthy bodies would be on limited snap counts and not have to play as much. Everybody had to step up, and unfortunately against Arizona State, they got torched by a backup quarterback, and they couldn't stop anybody. Right. Couldn't get off the field. Couldn't get off the field. No. They're, I mean, it's, it's, it's a situation, and it's not just against Arizona State. They couldn't get off the field against UCLA. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is when you start, we knew Lorenzo Romar for a long time, and he was always talking about, well, if he lost a game or two, we get it. That's bad. But you've you got to look for patterns. We're starting to see some patterns emerge. They're not fully formed yet, but we're really starting to see some definite patterns. Now, whether injuries contribute to that, that's true, but the veterans are not stepping up too. It's, again, it's a failure. And, and coaching, that's, coaching's a part of it as well. The coaches are not going to be absolved of this. Yeah, and like I said, you know, when you just don't have the guys, you don't have the guys. You just don't. But it's their job to coach them up and to make sure the next guy up is the next guy up and he's ready to go. Look, Dylan Morris, we had no idea how long Dylan Morris was going to play when Penix went down and got targeted. Yeah. Right? He came down, immediately threw a great pass to Jalen McMillan for a first down, and then Penix comes back in. If Penix ends up out of the game, does Dylan Morris all of a sudden come back and maybe lead the team to a touchdown? He's done it three other times in his career so far. As bad as people want to slate Dylan Morris, Dylan Morris has a lot of clutch in him. He did it against Utah in 2020. He did it at Stanford. He did it against Arizona. He has come from behind wins. We have no idea how this game would have turned out if Dylan Morris had played. 
because we know Michael Penix is the guy, and you have to bring in the guy if he's healthy and can play. Yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna fault the offense for anything today. You know, there was some miscues, and you know, it cost them. But you know, this is just you know a defensive breakdown. You know, just all across the board, third down conversions. They you know, allowed them nine well, of thirteen, and you yeah, know. But if we're playing backseat, you know, if we're playing backseat, uh, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, whatever. Bottom line is they threw the ball 53 times and ran the ball 33 times. Most of that's because they were behind in the game. But if you noticed, Kim, every time they ran the ball and created a big play, a chunk play, Cameron Davis had a couple, Wayne Talapapa had a couple, Richard Newton had one before he got uh, dinged up. Bottom line is they had, they had the run game that if they, had not, if they had not kind of went away from it and kind of stuck with it, I think they would have had a lot more uh, gains, and I think it would have helped them in the long run. Again, we're dealing with an issue. Sam Adams is out there. You know yep. why? You know why Sam Adams was out there? Because they had five running backs out that of they traveled out of necessity. Wayne Talapop is dinged up. Uh, Richard Newton went into the locker room dinged yep. up, um, and so you know, Kalen pretty much said, "If you're not seeing one of our regulars out there, that tells you." He's hurt. Yeah, but Kim, what you're, I mean, I get all that, and that makes yeah. sense. But the bottom line is Emory Jones, their starting quarterback, went out in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Their backup quarterback, who is a walk-on uh, quarterback that earned a scholarship, absolutely torched this defense. Oh, yeah, It's not like Arizona State wasn't playing shorthanded. Hey, their defensive line was as thin as Washington's secondary. Hey, Chris, I got a newsflash for you. It's not going to be any better with the defense next week. Okay. It's not. Well, I, why are you telling me? It's not. I, it's not. It's, I don't I, need to be convinced. They have who they have, and they don't have a lot of guys out there. And the guys that they do have either aren't good enough or they're really inexperienced. I don't think that there's anything that you're really going to be able to do to out-scheme or coach guys up when you're so short-handed. Again, and it's still, you know, I think part of the big problem is, you know, just I was down with Tank Johnson, you know, during the game. I said, Tank, they need some big guys. Can you head out there? And he goes, I can't remember seeing him this small before. Well, and the he, other problem was is that the edge guys just didn't have anywhere near the impact mm. on this game that they have normally had. That's, that's a big problem because when you are shorthanded in the back end, you have to have your guys in the front seven that are helping them out by getting pressure on the quarterback. We're talking about a quarterback, Kim, that was five, listed at 5'10", 185, or 5'11", 185. No sacks. And you can't get to that guy? No sacks today. Unbelievable. No that, s- that's, to me, that's, there's something just fundamentally wrong with that. Now, granted, you could tell that Jeremiah Martin was dinged up. Braylon Trice, I know he just got the club taken off, so I don't know if he was 100% or was, was having issues there. Um, Zion Tupole Fatui almost got uh, kicked out because of the uh, targeting that wasn't a targeting, and, and that was good for them because if he had all of a sudden gotten tossed for that, Tup- then they get really thin there too. Tupatalo's got a big club on his hand. Yeah, he's other- had that for a few weeks now. And uh, Cam Bright, I, I think it's Cam Bright's got a couple broken fingers. Yeah, and then you've got the backups of Chris Mole and Carson Bruner. Carson Bruner did some nice things tonight, uh, but you know again. Maybe he's going to end up having to get up and, and play in a starting role here pretty soon if, if some of these other guys uh, aren't getting the job done. Boy, so they, we'll see. Yeah, they don't have bye week for a couple more games. But, boy, a bye week right now would be tremendous for this team. That can't come soon enough. It can't come soon enough, but then again, they play Arizona and they play Cal, Cal. right? You've got to be able to get wins at home. against Well, now Cal, they play on the road, I know, but you've got to be able to beat Arizona at home. You've got to be able to enjoy the home cooking. You've got to be able to live off that a little bit. 
because you're right. Bottom line is their circumstance in terms of getting healthy is, is not improving. Now, Asa Turner, if there's a silver lining with him getting kicked out, he got kicked out in the first half. So he missed the whole game today, but at least he'll be available for Arizona. So that's a plus. And, and you know, no wear or tear with him. So he should be, he should be very healthy to go on that score. What did you think of the call on Turner? Uh, you know, they, it's really interesting. So for people that don't know, at Sun Devil Stadium, if you weren't here, they, they, were showing, they were showing like seven different angles on the big screen, the Jumbotron. They were, showing, they were slowing it down, speeding it up. But the funny part about it is I saw all of that for the targeting on Asa, but I didn't see the same thing for the targeting call on ZTF that ended up being a non-call. So I don't know how they did it. Um, you know, but, yeah, I, I, it is what it is. I mean, the one that I thought on Asa... I, in real time, it didn't look like a targeting, but I also thought the one on ZTF in real time looked like targeting. Everyone in the press box thought ZTF was gone. So don't take my word for it. I, in real time, even when they show in all this stuff, it's still a subjective call, and we're still talking about Pac-12 refs, Kim. <laughs> so what are you going to do about that? You can't do a thing about that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I, 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 not much can really be said about the refs. I think the one on... Um, Turner, from what I could see, what's he supposed to do? No, I don't know what he's supposed to do because it was a late slide. He's not, he's not really chasing with the crown of his helmet. He's looking up, but he he's raises trying to, him. He's, he, trying to, he's trying to let up. And, what the, and the bottom line is the reason why they kicked him out, and let's be super honest about this. If we're talking this is Tell the Truth Saturday. It's because Emory Jones got, kicked, got knocked out of the game. Yeah. It's because they lost their quarterback. That's why he got booted. He can get booted because that was some egregious hit. It's because it affected the quarterback in a way that he couldn't come back because he obviously must have gotten a concussion. Yeah, and they didn't show the replays on that, by the way. No, they did. They showed them all. They showed tens of different well, ten zillion ones on the jumbo. No, when Jones got hit. Yes. They had twelve squares up there, which mean each one you couldn't see. Okay. It made it difficult. Well, all right, I saw it, but it, yeah. maybe you didn't see it on the field. Huh? Yeah, it made it difficult, but uh, yeah, just a really tough day on the defense, and just. Um, FYI, leading tackler today was Cam Bright with uh, 10 tackles and Alex Cook with eight. Um, you know, just what do you do? It's just, you know, on third down, there was just absolutely no confidence that they could get a stop. None. Not at all. And it didn't matter if Emory Jones was in there or the backup. They were, they were getting, they were going to get the job done. And I'll give credit too to X Valade. There were a couple times where he hid, he hid behind the offensive line and it was just vintage Miles Gaskin to me. Like he was just waiting, patient, patient. He would wait for the for the the Washington defenders to make their move, and then he just jitterbug the other way. He did that a couple times, and and really made them pay in some key situations. And give credit to the backup quarterback too. I thought he made some phenomenal throws. He had a touchdown throw that was right on the money. And frankly, I thought he overall probably paid, played better than Michael Penix. Michael Penix had a really good short to intermediate game today. The one thing that Washington absolutely was not able to do, and I'd have to go back and look at the tape to see if it was just their inability to cash in or whether it was Arizona State that was bound and determined to take away the deep shots. Yeah. But they didn't, complete, they didn't complete one of them. They did not complete one of them. And uh, well, there was one where I, I think it was Rome had a step on the guy and the ball was overthrown, but uh, they had pretty tight, tight coverage. And I, I think it was, you know, cause I, I think it was they were playing deep and not to give that away and giving up the underneath zones. Absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, again, 
if the, if that's what they were doing, and it's hard to tell again in real time when you're trying to look at the full 22, if that's what they were doing, then they did a phenomenal job of it because they literally took away one of Penix's biggest stingers, which is that deep shot. That's something that we've seen all year, and this is the first game where they have not completed something down the field and like a substantial gain, like a big chunk play. I didn't get to see what happened on the pick six. It looked like what did he do? Well, we, from what we were told, and it was hard to tell, again, in real time, they were saying it went off, uh, I think, Nesta J. Silvera, the defensive tackle for Arizona State, I think he was giving credit for like a pass defense. But I think what really happened is, is I think Penix bopped it off of Jackson Kirkland's helmet and because it, it went straight up. And I'm sorry, if you're a defensive tackle, if you tip the ball, you don't tip the ball literally 15 feet in the air straight up. No, that thing went off. That thing went off metal, because <laughs> that thing went straight up. And then the Clark, the ASU player, just took it. As soon as soon as the as soon as he broke for the ball, I was like, he's he's gone, because there was no one around him. He was gone. Not really a lot of blame to put on that. It was just, just a weird deal. Except for I, yeah, and I don't know what, who Penix was looking at, but. You know, and what would we say? Jackson Kirkland's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, at least, 6'7". Six, 6'7". Seven. Six, seven. Well, he bopped him right in the top of the helmet, so it's at least a six-foot throw. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just when things are going bad, that's those are the kinds of things that end up spelling the difference of the game. And that ended up being the difference in the game, as much as the score indicates. But the reality is Washington was playing from behind this whole time once – once Arizona State got that score to go up 17-10, and then they got that pick six, they were they were playing from behind the whole game. And they, they ended up actually tying it at 38 with like 12 minutes left. It looked like they could get something done. But the tenor on the message boards and everything else was there's just no way that they're going to be able to keep this uh, keep this tied because Washington does not have the defense that can get off the field. Yeah, and Washington again you know, on their first drive. They marched right down the field. They were like a hot knife through butter, made it look easy, just like they did against UCLA. Uh, they took their second drive and went down, and it were stopped to a field goal. But, you know, then the problem started to happen. But, you know, we asked, um, I asked Kalen DeBoer about, you know, the mindset going behind the call for fourth down as well as the play that was called. And, well, you know, you got to understand what he's doing. He said, you know, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to gain control of the game right then and there, and we felt our offense could get it. Um, we're going to be aggressive. He just looked. He stared. He just stopped and said, we're going to continue to be aggressive. And the play that they ran was similar to the uh, play that they had a couple games ago with Devin Culp on fourth down yeah, where he no, got it. Just, yeah. But he says, you know, putting the hands in the ball of your best playmaker, that's been a big play for us all year, it didn't work. But he said again, we're going to continue to be aggressive. So there's two thoughts in my mind about that play. First of all, I can appreciate what he's saying in terms of trying to defend his guys. The first time I saw it, and the way the game had been going, and the fact that Washington and their defense had not been able to stop Arizona State, it was telling me he felt they had to stay aggressive because they had to get ahead, because Washington couldn't stop them on defense. Do you think? And, well, hold on a second. Second part of that is... I thought that Grubb might call the counter to that, where you have everything flowing to that side, and then you let Panics keep it and boot to the other side, because they've shown that they've shown that play all year, and they haven't played anything, they haven't countered anything off of it. I thought that might have been a perfect time to just absolutely 
go naked boot on something like that and just let Arizona State just flow all their guys to that side. Yeah, I think you're going to be hesitant to let Michael Penix run with the ball. <laughs> Maybe, but he was. Yeah. But he's going to get the ball. He's going to get enough yards. He, he's shown that he can run like that, and he wasn't dinged up. Well, the one, what I couldn't see and I didn't ask was on that play, was that a read to give it to Rome, or was that the call? No, that was the call. That okay. was a that was a direct that was a direct little it, pitch. It little, wasn't a it wasn't a, a read pop. option. It was like a little pop pass. It's just it's just one of those things where it's it's literally bang bang because the the snap comes. Rome is going full freight, and he just he just basically just lifts it to him, and he just takes it. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying I'm saying instead of just doing that, just to see if maybe you could. Because if I don't know what the fake is for the quarterback, I don't know if he turns his back so that maybe he could have it. I don't know if if they do that type of stuff. I have to look at what the play action is on that. But the bottom line is, it's DeBoer making the judgment call that failed, and so he's going to take the heat for that, rightly so. But if it works, now all of a sudden, let's say they go down and score, everyone's saying, "Oh my God, there's that there's that aggressive offensive genius that that we all that we all expected because that's." They've done those types of things earlier in the season, and they were able to make them happen. Bottom line is, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But to me, the way the game was going, the game flow, Kim, and the down and distance situation, it felt desperate to me. And it felt desperate because they knew maybe deep down in their heart or subconsciously, the defense wasn't going to be able to hold anything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. Just looking at the stat sheet real quick, Cameron Davis was uh, nine carries for 77 yards. Wayne Talapapa, 12 carries for 51 yards. Looks like he's dinged up. Richard Newton, four carries for 42 yards. He had a 20-yard run in there. And, and he went to the locker room. Yeah, he got, he got hit in the head. He got rocked. Uh, Michael Penix, 33, for 50, 33 of 53 for 311 yards. Um, he had no touchdown passes. He had one interception, and he was sacked one time. Uh, Romo Dunsey was targeted 17 times. He had nine receptions for 115 yards. Taj Davis, five receptions for 50 yards. Devin Culp, uh, four receptions for 39 yards. Jack McAllister, and they only punted once tonight. And Jack McAllister had a 58-yard punt. And, you know, you take a look at the other side of the stat sheet, and um, Trenton Bogart, you know, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. The quarterback Borget, for the issue. yeah, 15 for 21 with an interception for 182 yards. Emory Jones was 7 of 9. But, again, I think the big stat that just jumps out of you is uh, Arizona 9 of 13 on third down conversions. Uh, total net rushing yards, Arizona State had 156. Washington had 134. Uh, net yards passing, Washington with 324. Arizona State with 241. Uh, 
total offense. Washington with 458 yards. The offense got it done. Arizona State with 397. Kind of a surprising number. How much? Who do you think had the most snaps? What do you mean? In terms most of the plays, teams? Most plays, yeah. Well, Washington had the ball quite a bit, and Arizona State was able to make some big plays, so I would think Washington probably had the plays more. Yeah. Washington had 87 plays yeah. today. 87 plays to 62 for Arizona State, and usually when you see that kind of a discrepancy, you see you know, yourself on the positive side of the scoreboard. But well, no. but you got to remember, too, they had, a, they had a defensive pick, so mm-hmm. that takes the series. You know, it's just... There are reasons why Washington had the ball a lot more, and and part of the reason was was because they were they were having to to defend after Arizona State was scoring and scoring reasonably quick. Yeah, another big number. Washington one of four on fourth down. Yeah, no, that's they did not do a very good job uh, in any phase in any way. Um, it just was a very disappointing result. But if I remember correctly, I, I didn't really see the full scores as we were going in to do this. But I think UCLA beat Utah. They did. They rocked them pretty good. And so I'm telling you guys, winning on the road is not is, is never a given. I don't care if you're facing a one and four team with an interim coach. Arizona State's got talent, and we kept telling I I when we we were talking to Chris Cartman and I and I asked him the question on the know your foe stuff. I said you got Emory Jones, a transfer from Florida. You got uh, you got X Validay, who's a really good running back. You got Elijah Badger, who's a really good receiver. You've got all these guys, and it and and yet for some reason the statistics just don't bear it out. And I think what we saw when they played USC, especially in the first half of that game, Kim, I could tell Arizona State they they had a chance. They absolutely had a chance to do this. It was never going to be easy in any way, shape, or form. So any anyone any Washington fan that thought they were going to win by three touchdowns, please, that was never going to happen. Washington plus 14 or um, minus 14 in this game as far as the line and whatever that's the easiest money in the book I mean Arizona State should have I mean anybody go to Vegas you, you make men off that I just I don't understand where that line came from but anyways that's where the money was I guess but it's just I looked at that line and going Washington hasn't won in Tempe in, in since 20 and 20 over 20 years and it's like you, you're kidding me right yeah. <laughs> I mean I don't care what happens it's just ne- it's never easy to win in the desert, and we just saw again why. I think Michael Penix is going to be okay. Um, he got hit in the throat. Yeah. And well, lot- he came in very next play. Well, I think part of the reason he was down so long was so he could get his win back, so he could recover longer. I think that's why he stayed down so long. Yeah. Because he was only out for one play, but um, he got hit in the throat, and he was struggling talking post game. So. Yeah, it was. It's just. It's. It was just a bad. It was a bad decision by him to hold on to that ball. It's just he he just and again that's just you're trying to do more than you need to be doing. Yeah. When you don't see it, you throw it away. You live for another day. Um. And you and look at the final the final thing with the fumble when I don't know if it looks sounds like it went through his legs or something like that. Just jump on it. He and he tried to and it just kept going and go. I mean these are just simple things, but when you are up against the wall. You start to draw. You start to do too much. You start to try to do more than you need to do, and we saw that so much today. And I was so reminded at the final whistle when when it was clear Arizona State had won the game. And by the way, their students rushed the field <laughs> after the game. There wasn't. There was hardly any of them there. Yeah, but they rushed the field. Um, I was so reminded of the quote that we we talked to Alex Cook earlier in the week about how difficult that flight was from L.A. to go back to Seattle. 
because of he knew all the mistakes that they had made and they were going to have to go through it. And they were going to have to fess up to it and try to fix it. This flight, I mean, that, that flight from L.A. to Seattle has got nothing on this flight tonight. No. Because these guys, not only are they banged up, and absolutely to your point, Kim, they've, they've got to figure out who is available to play. But more to the point on that, not only do they have to get other guys ready to go and be those next guys up, but those veterans have to really be counted on now, and those guys have to really clean some stuff up because there's just no excuse for those guys anymore. Remember what Sark did when he was short on DBs? Yeah, he moved John Ross over. <laughs> yeah. So who's going to move? We are talking about Sam Adams, but Sam Adams is running back, and they have, they need running backs right now too. Yeah, no. So many wide receivers. I mean, seriously, think about this, guys. Aaron Dumas, Javion Sunday, the only two running backs they used all of spring, haven't had a single carry between the two of them this year. I didn't. Did you? It's just. See? It's incredible to me how this is. How all this stuff has kind of unfolded. It makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just like uh, you know, uh, Coach. Um, why am I? Why am I running back? Uh, Lee Marks. Just like Lee Mark said, there's more than just handing off the ball. You got to know where to line up and what plays coming and the pass protection and everything. And yeah. you know, I think that's what he had to say about JV on Sunday. He just didn't know the playbook, you yeah. know. So you can't go out there if you don't know the playbook because then you're limiting the entire offense and the quarterback. Yeah. And speaking of what's coming, man, we're looking out here and we're looking out kind of I think east, and there's a massive storm coming through. So this should be fun. It'll be a nice little lightning storm. Cool. Get to check that out, but. Uh, it, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of insult to injury for us. We're going to be walking out in the middle of a storm, try to find the car. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go get it. You can go get it if you want. Uh huh. Yeah, I've got up. work to do. Come on, I got work to do. All right. Anything else, Chris? Well, let's wrap it up. Um, just again, it, it, it just underscores. I don't care what kind of team you have coming in and winning in Tempe. If you're a Washington Huskies, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work for whatever reason. And and we can and we'll certainly go through the tape and we'll certainly check it out and we'll and we'll look at the PFF grades tomorrow and we'll see what what that's all about. But you've got to be kidding me! I mean, it, it's just it's it's almost Keystone Cops. I mean, I saw a play. We were talking about the play that uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson when uh, Braylon Trice and Javion Green hit each other at the goal while he sidestepped them. There was a play today, Kim, where it was like a little screen where the guy caught the ball and ran inside. Three Washington Huskies ran into each other on that play. I mean, it's it's just like they they talk the good game. They they say they got to fix it up. They say they got to clean it. They say they're together. They say they're 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 ready to go and all this stuff. But all evidence to the contrary in the field, especially on defense. I don't care if it's new guys. I don't care if it's old guys. Man, they are not playing like a team right now. They they there's going to be some serious soul searching. And there's got to be some answers that come up with it because this coaching staff, they have prided themselves on coming up with answers. You talk to Ryan Grubb every Monday, and every Monday he talks about how important it is for those guys to always come up with answers when something happens, when adversity hits. Man, those guys have got their work cut out for them because I don't know know what the answers are going to be. You said it yourself, Kim. This defense, whatever it was tonight, it's going to be the same thing against Arizona. No, I mean, you say looking for answers. I'm saying looking for bodies. <laughs> looking for healthy bodies. Well, it's, I mean, well, it's the same thing, though. I mean, you, you, you can't, but that can't be an excuse. Yeah. Everybody has well, the same number of kids. Well, it's not an excuse, but, you know, it's, it's context. That's what's going on. Yeah, but know? the context so, is Arizona State had a ton of guys out, too. 
Yeah. That's why I say it's, it, it, it's it, that should not matter but at the they, end of the day. Well, their defense got torched pretty good, too. So Did it? Okay. <laughs> scoreboard, baby. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm Sean Iguano, I'm going scoreboard. 38 points. You should be able to win if you score 38 points. That, there's no doubt about that. You, you and I are in 100% agreement with that. Yeah. So, just, uh, hey, it was good to see some of the former players. Tank Johnson lives down here. It was good to see Tank Johnson and... One of yeah. the, By the way, yeah, I was going to ask you on the coin toss. Did you see who that was? No. Drew Schaefer. Oh, I didn't see Drew. All half of Drew Schaefer. I didn't, did not Drew see Schaefer's Drew. on the Henry Roberts diet plan. <laughs> he must be, seriously, he's got to be under 200 pounds. Did not see Drew. The other guy I saw was uh, Marcel Reese. Yeah. Good to see Marcel. I mean, yeah. he had, he's heavily involved still with the NFL, and uh, he's living down here, and he's involved with the Raiders, and He's got a daughter. I, I don't know. Some of these players and they, uh, former players, and they've got these kids. Marcel Reese has got a daughter, and I just said, "How the hell do you say no to her?" And he goes, well, "I'm making a point to say no to her every day." So I wish well, you well. I'll tell you what, and is I, I don't want to be coming off as the negative Nelly here because I do want to single out um, a group that really stepped up today, and I thought that was the Washington fans. I thought the Washington. This oh, I think the, the announced attendance I think today was like thirty three thousand, thirty four thousand, whatever. I guarantee you, probably at least five to ten thousand of them were Washington fans. Washington fans came strong today. Oh, they started. It was to go, great. They started the Go Husky chant and were drowning out the Arizona State fans. Yeah, no, I thought all credit to the Washington fans that showed up. The not only the Washington fans that are here that live here, like my folks, but also I, I saw a lot of Washington fans that were coming down on flights. Yeah, uh, um, on Thursday, you guys were you guys were great, and there's no, I mean. Bottom line is when Washington fans complain about why there isn't attendance at Husky Stadium, I want all you guys to watch the film of the t- attendance today at yeah. Sun Devil Stadium. Washington has a great fan base. Only problem is this is symptomatic of a greater problem, and that's Pac-12 networks, that's marketing deals, that's people wanting to rather watch their, their stuff at home, and also a, a problem with, Arizona State having an issue, so with obviously trying to get their program back on track. So, but I just wanted to credit Washington fans. I thought they were great today. You have a five o'clock flight out tomorrow, I think. I do. I have a six o'clock flight, and we were thinking we'd get up in the morning at ten at ten o'clock and watch the Mariners game. No need. <laughs> we don't need to get up. I hate, and I was not going to bring up the Mariners, but I'm just buzzing. I'm just, uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. And like I said, I don't want to take away from what we should be talking about here, yeah. which is. Which is a poor Washington performance all the way around, but I, I hope I hope a poor defense, at least a poor defensive performance. Well, it was you know it's a team game, I, I, but I will say I hope that the the Husky fans out there that watched that that also had an eye on the Mariners game. I hope you enjoyed that. That was historic. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. So Chris, uh, we still got work to do, and maybe yep. go find some Mexican food. And hey. At least we're not going to get home at 3 o'clock in the morning in the desert like we usually do. I don't know. We'll see how this storm works, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> all right. Hey, for all of us from Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund back home, and Josh Wadka back home. Go dogs. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.